The Big Ten Conference is officially expanding even bigger than just UCLA and USC. But will Utah be amongst the teams the conference is going to go after? You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. On today's show, we're going to be talking about the big announcement that Kevin Warren mentioned. The Big Ten is going to try to get to 20 teams eventually, and if that means Utah will eventually be included in that. But in order to do that, I want to bring on friend of the show and Fan Nation All Utes publisher, Cole Bagley. Cole, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. So it's been really interesting, right? All offseason we've been talking about, since June really, was the big thing. UCLA and USC, of course, announced that they are going to join the Big Ten during the 2024 season. So two more years with the Pac-12. And one thing that's interesting is you got all these media rights negotiating deals going on right now. So it was a really good time for the two teams, for the Big Ten, to try to add two more teams to boost their media rights deals. And boost it they did. They're at $7 billion currently. And they're currently at 16 teams. But the question is, are they going to try to grow that? And Kevin Warren, when asked about that on uh, HBO Sports, was did say yes. He said they are going to try to grow, and their goal is to eventually get to 20 teams. And if they are able to get increase more teams, it also brings in a lot more revenue for the Big Ten as a conference. They would increase to 10 million dollars if they were, or 10 billion, excuse me, 10 billion, <laughs> 10 billion dollars if they're able to add more of those teams. So I think then Oregon. There was news that Oregon has entered discussions with the Big Ten about potentially joining the conference, which I think is very interesting because it opens up those other Pac-12 schools that we've all thought eventually, like, are they talking teams? Are they not? It shows that Oregon is. So the question then becomes, is Utah is the Big Ten going to go after Utah? And my thought on that would be, I think they're wait a year at least. I think if Utah makes the college football playoff this year, I genuinely believe the Big Ten is going to be all in on trying to add Utah. We know that in the college landscape, the money is in football first and all the other sports are second. The main one being basketball second. Then after that, each school can really be different. But for the most part, basketball is the second maker and football is by far the number one money maker. And that's why a lot of people talk about, well, will Utah be included in the future of college football expansion and all that? And if they are a perennial top 10 team as they've been, I absolutely think they will be. So I think right now, I don't think the Big Ten will reach out. But I do think if this Utah team goes to the college football playoff, or I'll say this, if they're back in the Rose Bowl and especially get a Rose Bowl win, I absolutely think the Big Ten will come calling. Yeah, I agree with I agree with you there, JT. I think, um, you know, if if the Big Ten is, is kind of looking things over right now, um, just based off where Utah is currently, um, you know, obviously you can't count this season yet because it hasn't happened. Um, I don't think Utah is quite on brand with what they're looking for, um, just for sure. as it currently stands, right? They they have just a single Pac-12 championship in terms of football. You know, they this, this last bowl game was their first New Year's Six bowl game in quite some time, right? So when you're looking at things as it currently stands, no, Utah is not on brand with what the Big Ten is looking for. Oregon, that team makes total sense. You know, they've made the college football playoff before. They played in, in you know, several uh, New Year's Six Bowl games as of late. Um, you know, they're, they're often a top 15, top 10 team, uh, even if they maybe don't 
always deserve it as we as we saw last year but they, they're they're on par with with what the big 10 is looking for and i think a program like washington yes. is but might be declining a little bit i mean historically yes but as of the last few seasons i mean washington obviously you know beat utah in a pac championship not too long ago but since then they haven't really been able to do much um but if I had to say as of right now who, you know, two other teams are from the conference that would be on par with what the Big Ten is looking for, it's Oregon and Washington. Utah, I think this season is going to determine, like you said, if the Big Ten reaches out. You know, if they really want to get up to to that 20 teams, they have some time. They don't have to do it right away. Um, and I think, you know, if Utah wants to be in that conversation, you know, they need to win – they need to win the pack. You know, they need to go back to back. They need to get to a New Year's Six bowl game. And I think, like you said, if they if they go to the Rose Bowl and win it, I think that would the Big Ten would come calling. If they make the college football playoff, absolutely, because that would show you know just what kind of growth and 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 uh, it would demonstrate the projection um, that Utah is headed towards, which I believe they can you know that they are a program that is headed towards a pretty consistent you know top fifteen, top ten football program just based off the recruiting that they're doing and what they've proven they can do um, over these last few seasons. So as of right now, no, Utah is not a, you know, a team that I think is, is really heavily being considered. I think they're waiting to see what Utah does this season before they try reaching out at all. Yeah, 100% agree. And I just think it'll be interesting to see if Utah is able to get to those marks this season, how that will increase their future. And you mentioned just national brand wise, Oregon is Oregon is a bigger brand and Washington has been in the past. But if you can start to build that consistency, you look at it now, if Utah was able to have a really good season and once again, make it to the Pac-12 championship and also win it as well and just continue to show that success, you're looking at it three of the last four seasons for the Utes, they've been one of those top 15 teams really good that I think would be a huge boost for them in terms of trying to get into one of those major conferences. Cause I think the biggest fish out of all the schools right now, the big 10 will be looking to add is not even Oregon. I think it's Notre Dame. I think every conference is going to try to want to add Notre Dame. The question is, is Notre Dame going to leave. They got that TV deal with NBC and exclusive rights, one that pays them a lot of money, obviously, but contract negotiations are going to be coming up soon for that as well. And just with the way the future of college football is trending it, I think, I mean, if there is some kind of super conference that forms, I think whatever teams there are in that would want Notre Dame in it, but if they're going to be stubborn and want to go about it their own way, then there's even a world they could get left out of it for me if they're not going to kind of try to play by the rules that everyone else will. So be interesting to see how they navigate it as well. And it is going to be interesting to see for Utah. This is such a crucial season for them because of all those reasons we talked about, not only the long-term stability, but also just even the short terms, like this is a Utah team that has a chance to do something really special. And it's going to be really interesting to see what they're able to do. Do you think there are any other teams that the big, big 10 will call about from the PAC 12? As it, as it currently stands, no. I mean, you go down the list, and I just don't know that there's really a team out there outside of maybe those top – I mean, I'm considering them the top three of, you know, Oregon, Washington, and Utah. I just mm -hmm. don't know that anybody's been consistent. For me, that's the biggest thing is just consistently winning, consistently showing that you're, you're top 15, maybe you're a top 10 program. And when you look at the rest of the Pac-12, I just don't really – no, no name pops out to me. You know, if you look at the rest of the South and you look at teams like Arizona state, that program is just on fire. And yes. like, they're just, they're, they're heaping pile of garbage right now. Like they just, everything that's going on, they're just not, they, you, you don't want to touch that program with a 10 foot pole, Arizona. They just haven't been good for a long time. And, and to be honest, I don't think Colorado deserves to be in the PAC 12, you know, so 
that's just a program that you don't, again, you're the big 10 is not considering a, a program like Colorado looking throughout uh, the rest of the conference. Stanford's the only other name I can think of, but I just don't feel like their take their athletics program is, is, is on the rise. I don't think that they've really taken it seriously. I mean, you know, 10 years ago, that may have been, you know, a program that you would want to, to add, you know, especially, you know, in, in the, uh, the luck days, but as of late, I mean, they can't even really hang with Utah these days. So for me, there's just really no other program in the Pac-12 that, that screams, oh, you know, we're being heavily considered to go to a different conference. You know, maybe maybe some of the South teams to uh, to the Big 12, but in terms of the Big 10, no. I think I think that the teams that have the best chance would be Oregon, Washington, and then Utah. Yeah, and they, it's because, like you said, when you talk about Oregon and Washington, we're talking about the brands they already have. And with Utah, we're talking about the brand they have a chance to build by being back-to-back Pac-12 champions, potentially Rose Bowl champs, potentially go to the college football playoff. That's a lot. And they're the only team in the conference that – that outside of look, let's say Oregon goes on some kind of crazy run and maybe they could somehow get into win the Pac 12. I don't think that's outside the realm of possibilities, but we already mentioned they already have that brand. So it's not as important for them to do it as it is in Utah. And no other schools are in that position right now. So it is going to be interesting to see what all plays out there. Now, we're also going to talk about fall camp officially wrapping up and some of the biggest takeaways we have from that. But first, want to give you guys something a message from the NHTSA. You're hanging out with some of your friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride, but no, you you live nearby. You think you can make it home. You think it's not a, a big deal. But what are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst thing that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You could even kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you're thinking you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. The Ultimate College Football Preview is here. We thank you again for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. The Ultimate College Football Preview is a seven-episode preview where college experts, local team experts, and Odyssey College Football insiders take you around and let you know everything you need to know about the college football season in one spot. Search for the Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I recorded a a Pac-12 one recently with some of the other best teams in the conference. That was really fun, so make sure you guys check that out, as well as the rest of the episodes of the Ultimate College Football Preview to get caught up on all the changes that occur during a college offseason. We know this one was as eventful of one as we've ever seen. And one thing we talked about how eventful of a college offseason it was for most programs, Cole, for Utah it really wasn't. You returned 17 starters, so it led to a lot, what a lot of people dubbed a boring fall camp in general. But even in a boring fall camp, you can still learn a lot of things that I think are really interesting. And for me, we're each going to go over the top three things we, we learned from fall camp. I'm, we did not compare these lists before, so maybe we'll have a couple that are in common. But there's still a couple things we learned about this team, so I wouldn't be surprised if we had three different ones in general. But first... I want to talk about mine. I think just hearing how much depth there is along this offensive line is something that had me really excited. I mean, we know about guys like Braden Daniels, obviously. I've been really excited about Paul Miley for a long time. Um, Keaton Bills, of course. And then you got other guys in there as well who are really good contributors like Satawa Laumea 
and guys like Jaron Kump we thought were going to start, but then you hear about guys like Falcon Kalmatule and Michael Mokafisi who have just been building momentum since spring ball and created competitions at that guard spot as well as right tackle. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see who ends up winning those. And it's encouraging to know there's not a competition there because it's not like there's a worthy guy. There's a competition there because there are so many capable guys who are able to go out there and dominate and do really good things. And it sounds like there's even other guys that aren't in the competition, let's say, but if there were enough injuries that occurred, this coaching staff feels competent putting in. And I just think it's so important to be strong in the trenches, especially when you're going against some of these teams like Florida and some of the guys they have SEC defensive linemen, as well as later on the season, you'll fight with teams like Oregon, who Utah handled really well last year, but still is one of the better defensive lines in the PAC 12 as does you. USC. So it was really encouraging for me just to learn how much this coaching staff trusts their offensive line depth. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I think the offensive line is potentially in one of the best situations they ever have been mm-hmm. over the last few years going into the season. Um, you know, last season, we all know what happened. It took a few games to get going and, and there were questions about depth and, and guys kind of somewhat struggled to get into positions and whatnot and figuring out, you know, who played uh, you know, the best in, in what spot. But this year, um, you know, they, they brought back some notable starters, some guys that are looking really, really good. And like you said, if you know, if injury strikes or if, if some guy's not looking good, they have a lot of guys that they can throw in there um, and, and they can really prove, you know, what they're capable of. And so I don't, I don't anticipate a, a massive adjustment period like we saw last year. I don't think it's going to take three or four games for, for Utah's offensive line to really – mesh um and 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 vibe with each other will we maybe see a quarter or a half against florida where hey they might not be you know clicking off cylinders yeah it's possible um and it's you know potentially likely but it's the first game you know florida is going to be dealing with their own problems on the other on the other side and i think utah will, will figure it out pretty quick especially with how much new talent florida's bringing in i mean this is something we're going to talk about a lot obviously we're listening to a week away from game week of going down to Gainesville. And I just think that's such a big thing that there's been a lot of talk as well. There's been a lot of Florida videos I've seen at least recently where people talking about how Utah can't play in the swamp and all this and that, but like, you have so much new pieces coming in. It is so hard to build that continuity early. There is nothing. Yes, there's no simulating the swamp. There's no simulating live game reps against another team as well. So I just think it's going to be really interesting to see how a lot of their new pieces come together. And it will be interesting to see how that communication, because there are still going to be a couple of new guys communicating along the offensive line. One of those guys being, even though he started four games last year, I think Paul Miley being the starting center going into the year, it'll be interesting to see that. But having gotten a chance to speak with Paul during fall camp, I, he just sounds really excited for the opportunity, and I absolutely think he's going to go out there and kill it. But, Cole, I was curious, what was your one of your biggest takeaways from fall camp? I think just how humble this team is. Um, and I think I've talked about this before, but when, when, I, when I recall last year, um, fall camp, you know, talking to a lot of guys, a lot of guys kind of on their own, and it's no fault to them. Um, at all you know they were confident and I think Utah was kind of in a spot that they never really uh, had been before a lot of guys on their own would kind of bring up how good they felt the team was you know they, they talked a lot about a Pac-12 championship on their own they talked a lot about going to the Rose Bowl the college football playoff kind of um, you know without being asked about it I mean it did spark other conversations and questions where you might ask other guys but I think last year going into the season their um, their heads were a little bit bigger um, compared to this season. I think, and I think 
it's because you return 17 starters and a lot of those guys realize what it really takes to be successful, to win a Pac-12 championship, to, to get to the Rose Bowl, to, you know, to, to, to play on the world state, you know, the world stage in front of, you know, a massive national audience, right? Like th- these guys, most of these guys know what it takes now. And so I think they're treating it uh, very differently. You know, they, they're ranked the highest the program has ever been going into the season. And yet all those guys have said, Hey, it doesn't matter. You know, it, you know, Cam rising said it doesn't mean anything and he's right. And I, and I love that about this team. And that was kind of the um, theme um, I think with everybody, you know, and, and I, I don't want to ask that question because, you know, I know kind of how this program deals with it, but you know, there's those, there's those reporters and whatnot that want to ask that question. Hey, you know, did you see the ranking and whether it was coaching staff or players, the response was either, no, I didn't see the ranking or, you know, yeah, I saw it, but who cares? You know, we got to go out and prove that we are that good. Right. And, and it's preseason, you know, how often are Miami and Texas ranked in the top, you know, 15 or 20 and they end up falling out pretty quick, right? The preseason rankings just don't matter because there's so many variables. There's so many new, there's so many new players. There's so many new, you know, schemes and, and coaching staffs and, and matchups that just make things different and crazy. So what I love is that despite all the preseason hype around this team, they're just ignoring it and they're just ready to play their brand of football and go out. And they obviously want to prove those people right, but they're not, they're not focusing on it you know they don't have that mentality of you know oh we're the reigning Pac-12 champions and you have to you know you you automatically have to respect us no they're going out with a chip on their shoulder saying yeah okay we're the reigning Pac-12 champions we got to go out there and prove it again so that was one of my biggest takeaways I just I love that mentality you know I love to hear those kinds of things because it shows the maturity level that this team is on a lot of that has to do with how many guys came back Mm-hmm. And you talked about, right, like prove they want to prove those media members right. But I think the truth is they want to prove themselves right, which then would prove the media right, that they believe they're capable of all those things. And you can tell this is a group that believes they are capable of great things and they're going to but they don't really care what other that let the outside noise affect them as well. Because I do believe almost all of them have they know that I, I'd be surprised if no one on that player knew about the rankings. I just genuinely think it's one of those things like, oh, we don't care because we know that doesn't mean anything. Because like you said, those pre, these preseason rankings are fun to talk about for fans, media, all that. But when you're players, it's it's getting awards or recognition for things you haven't done yet as it pertains to this coming season. So they're going to always ignore it and it doesn't matter as much. But definitely cool to see this team taking on that identity versus last year, as you talked about, Cole. My second takeaway from ball camp has been just that Utah wants to have a more explosive offense. It's been so great talking with Coach Whittingham. And, you know, usually when you think Utah, you think conservative, run the ball, short little passes, just long, methodical drives. But I think it was great that we heard Coach Whittingham as well as Coach Ludwig and a lot of other people as well, just talking about how they want this offense to take that net next step and be more explosive in the passing game. Cam Rising talked about how his arm feels 100%. He's feeling back and really good this year. We, How many receivers do we feel like are going to have season highs in terms of their Utah time? Devon Bailey seems like the breakout candidate for this Utah team. He was my breakout candidate in yesterday's show even. Money Parks has been one of the biggest winners from fall camp. Solomon Enos seems like he's poised for a bigger role. Jalen Dixon, all these guys, even some of the young freshman receivers. I think all these guys are going to have opportunities to go out there and make plays. And this Utah team is going to see a lot more explosive plays because the coaching staff has the trust in them and their players to go out there and attack it. And I think it's going to be really fun to watch 60, 40-yard touchdowns frequently at Rice-Eccles Stadium. 
Yeah, my my second takeaway is similar along those lines and and the fact that I think the wide receivers are going to be a lot better than people are giving them credit for. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a guy like Devon Vele, the talent that he has, the growth that he's made, um, and just the connection that he had with Rising during the spring. Obviously, we haven't watched any Utah football since that spring game. You know, Whittingham had closed practices, and, and we weren't even allowed to come and, and chat with them after their, their uh, scrimmages, which is um, not normal. But I think, you know, Witt's trying to keep a few things secretive, and that might be the QB2 situation and a couple other things. But um, regardless, I think that the wide receivers are going to prove all the haters um, – just completely wrong. You know, Devon is going to break out. And I think he might have the, the, I agree with you. He might be the breakout player of, of 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Solomon Enos, I think realizes that it's time to significantly step up. Uh, you know, not that he's, not that he's, you know, underperformed by any, any standard, but I think that with it being his last season and, you know, what's on, you know, what's riding on this season uh, for the team and for him as well, I think we're going to see him, you know, really step up, ask for the ball more and make big plays. And then, you know, a guy like Money Parks was arguably the hottest topic, uh, maybe the most talked about player uh, from fall camp, um, just with the progress that he's made. And he's also uh, a potential candidate to be returning, you know, uh, punts or, or, you know, kickoffs. So it'll be fun to see what he can do this season. And then like those freshmen that you talked about, I love Tao Johnson. I love Sydney and Banasaur. These guys are, are just college ready. They're ready to go. They're athletic. Um, you know, they're fast. They have a lot of talent, great hands. Obviously Teo is making, uh, the change over from playing quarterback, but Hey, you know, you've got a receiver that thinks like a quarterback. That's not necessarily a bad, you know, a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the kid's fast, you know, he's clocked, uh, coach bump said that he was running 21, 22 miles an hour. So this kid is wicked fast. Um, so I just think, yeah, they have a lot of youth, obviously, you know, but I think the freshmen are going to play a big role. I think they're going to step up and fulfill that role. And then the more experienced guys like Bailey and Salminis, I think, are really going to step up, not only lead the team in terms of, you know, with their voices, but on the field as well. So I think the receivers are going to be a lot better than people were giving them credit for um, during spring. And I love that you mentioned those freshman guys as well, because I'm going to talk a little bit more about this freshman class in a whole in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you guys about Intercap Lending. There is a reason no lender helps more families in Utah with their mortgage needs. Intercap gets deals done. Quick and simple process. Intercap closes loans two weeks faster than the industry average. And though fast is great, the ultimate goal is to create a stress-free home loan process. And that is what Locked On's personal loan officer, Steve Carter, has delivered to hundreds of Locked On listeners so far, including Locked On's founder, David Locke. And let's be honest, if Steve can help keep David on track through the entire process, Steve can help anyone. And though Intercap is new to the Locked On Utes podcast, it's not new to assisting customers with all their mortgage needs. They've been doing so since 1978. That's 43 years of experience. And Steve Carter's been providing Locked On listeners with the best experience since 2018. Intercap is headquartered here in Utah, but licensed to help with all your mortgage needs in 40 states. Give Steve a call. His direct number is 385-800-8528. You will not find a more responsive loan officer. NMLS number is 190465. So, Cole, I mentioned... You talked about those freshman receivers. That's my third takeaway from fall camp. Because it's one thing to do it in to have success in spring ball. It's a different feel. But when you get into the grueling grind that is fall camp, and I, I think some people might not understand just how hard 
fall camp can be. You hear the different stories and just how long you spend at the facility. It's draining mentally. So it takes a lot to step up. And that's what this freshman class has done. So that's my third takeaway is that these, these freshmen are going to make an instant impact and see a lot of playing time in 2022 right away. I'm looking at guys like Lander Barton and Jalen Glover. Those are two guys that I both expect to get a ton of opportunities to shine early. And we both thought after spring ball, they could play a role in this team, but it sounds like Jalen has a chance to be running back too. Lander is still in the mix for the starting spot. We don't know if he is, but three linebackers play so much in college. He's going to see a ton of reps, even the first week. How about Justin Medlock? Seems like he could very well be the fourth linebacker you mentioned those young receivers guys like chase kennedy elijah davis and there's even some other guys like i don't think nate johnson's going to contribute very much this year but even like long term i think he's going to be phenomenal but just focusing on this year there are so many guys that i think are going to come in and have success and help this utah team in year in their first year help take this utah team to new top, new heights yeah for me this is the best recruiting class the university has, has ever had um Obviously, you know, this next year, they're, I think they were ranked higher. They have a higher overall ranking than, than the class of 2022. But I just think given uh, what we've seen from these guys, what we've heard from these guys, um, you know, we've had a lot more exposure to the class of 2022. Um, they're phenomenal. Um, and then they're going to make an impact right away. Sure, there's there's players that might not see a ton of reps. And yeah, Nate Johnson's probably a guy that, that won't see a, a single rep all year. Uh, maybe in certain situations, maybe against SCU, they're just blowing him out. They want to give him, see, you know, hey, let's see what you're made of. Um, but he really, he shouldn't see time. But longevity, I really like Nate a lot. Um, heard a lot of good things about him during fall camp. And I think looking into the future, that might be, you know, we might have a Johnson Glover, you know, uh, quarterback, running back, you know, situation here, you know, in two or three seasons. So that's definitely something to look forward to. But as for right now, yeah, I mean, uh, Lander Barton should be making a huge impact. I expect Jalen Glover to make a big impact. Um, you know, guys like, you know, you mentioned him as well. Chase Kennedy has really emerged from fall camp, and I think he'll get some reps. You know, he talked about, you know, possibly coming in on third down situations where they want to have a little extra pass rush. Uh, I, I looked into his game the other day. The kid is just – the length that he has, the speed, the athleticism. I think he had like 18 tackles for loss or something like that during his senior, you know, uh, senior high school season. So um, just a lot of promise, a lot of athleticism. Um, and we talked about the wide receivers already. So um, yeah, this freshman class is, is going to be phenomenal. And, and that somewhat is, is leads into to my third takeaway is I think this Utah defense is going to be um, just as good, if not better, compared to last year. I mean, losing a guy like Devin Lloyd is hard, and you're not replacing him by any means. Um, but if any linebacker group is going to replace a first-round draft pick, it's this one with, with just how much talent um, is in the room and how much depth that they have. You know, not only do you have two or three solid guys that could start, um, maybe even four with a guy like Justin Medlock, uh, but you also have a lot of depth behind them. And looking at the rest of the defense, I just really can't find a position group that I'm like, man, this is a weak spot. You know, the corners and the secondary are 100% healthy. You've got guys back like JT Broughton, you know, Fabian Marks, Zamaya Vaughn. You know, you added some more depth at that safety uh, spot with with uh, a couple transfers in Clayton Isbell, Jaden Pearson. Um, and then looking at, you know, up at the line, you know, your defensive ends, your defensive tackles, it's just – it's just dogs, man. You know, like it's just a lot of really talented um, athletic beasts, you know, leaders, you know, guys like Van Fillinger and 
uh, you know, um, Junior Tafuna, Devin Kafusi, like these are just guys that are experienced that that showed out last year, and I expect them to all improve this season. So, and and, and based off a few conversations I had with with Crane Reed and Clark Phillips this last, you know last week, they both said the defense has come a long way, and so. Are you going to replace a guy like Devin Lloyd? No, but overall, I think this defense, especially if they can stay healthy, I think this defense is better um, this season than they were last year. So that that bodes really well because the offense should be better, and if your defense is better, and you're the reigning Pac-12 champions, there's uh, you know there's obviously a lot more for you to achieve. But in terms of winning the conference, Utah should be able to do it, and then hopefully, in terms of where you can achieve even further, is is, uh, you know, maybe a college football playoff berth. Yeah, and I think everyone's talked about the offense being better than it was a year ago just because it's more cam rising and guys like Devon Daly just seem like givens to step up in the passing game. But, like, defensively, you make a really good point. A lot of those guys who were young contributors a year ago, they get that extra year of experience. And, yes, there's no Devin Lux. This team lost its best defensive player from a year ago. But you look at a lot of those other guys who were right up there, and they're all a year better as well. And you got some really capable linebackers and just – got other guys who are going to step up, whether that's from a pass rush standpoint or just in that linebacker spot that you expect to be able to offset that loss a little bit. So I 100% agree with you. I think this group can definitely be a better defensive unit than it was last year. It's going to be interesting to see if they can do so as we are less than two weeks away from Gainesville. And speaking of just the college football season coming up, if you guys are in the market for an, a second listen every day after Locked On Utes, of course, first, we recommend you check on the Locked On Pac-12 podcast where host Spencer McLaughlin and other Pac-12 experts will take you around the conference in under 30 minutes. Tons of game previews and season previews going on over there right now. So make sure you guys head over and check on Locked On Pac-12. Also, make sure you guys go over and follow Cole on Twitter at Bagley underscore Cole. Make sure you guys follow us at Locked On Utes as well. I'm at JT Wistersill too. We thank you for listening in to another edition of the Locked On Utes podcast.